And we are starting our show right now. And oh my word, I look really dark. So I um, maybe I'll have some more light turned on. I don't know. So welcome to a counseling experience. This is Dr. Matt Eschler with a Southern Utah counseling experience. Build a show around intimacy. And oh, there we go. And I can only hear in my uh, right ear, but that's probably okay. He was in here like uh, 20 minutes ago. And oh my word, that is like way too bright. Chris is going to turn that down just a little bit. Um, 20 minutes ago, Sean was in here and what he was doing is teaching me how to, um, how to, uh, run this board again for like the 400th time. And I know we start every show, uh, the very first part of the show with me, uh, telling everyone how technologically unsound I am. And, and part of that being technologically unsound comes with being old. I get that. The other part is I just, there's so many things I should show you. What I'm up against. At some point, I will. I will take a camera and show you. There is like five computer screens. People that know me know that I I am rarely able to manage one computer screen. And uh, Chris is going to turn that light off of my face just a little bit because it feels like I'm in a tanning bed right now, and I don't have those little things for my eyes in the tanning bed. And so, um, it's oh, that's much better. And so it's it's much better now. And so we're going to build a show completely around. Uh, the idea that Mother Teresa shared a couple of decades ago. And uh, by the way, just by way of introduction, this is Dr. Matt Eschler with a Southern Utah Counseling Experience and with the um, St. George Center for Families because we have merged the two companies together to create the largest marriage and family institution that is specifically organized to help couples and their families become wildly successful. And part of the hope is, is that they will, um, that they'll come to us when they need help, come to us when they're, they're broken or even when they're doing pretty well, but want juicier, better. And they'll show up and we'll help them with some principles that are not opinion based, that, that are not, um, not so much just, out of, the, out of the books that have been written over the centuries, but literal principles that if cooperated with will pull them into a more loving, more healthy place together. And the whole idea with that is, is that we've created this place where we can work with kids, we can work, work with the court adjudicated people. You can give us a call at 688-1111 or you can go to the website stgeorgefamilies.com. And there you have it. There's also a, uh, some things on the, uh, the screen there that you can look at that will probably help you with that as well. So here you have it. We are, um, I'm going to talk about some of Mother Teresa's advice. And one of the things that she said is, do small things with great love. I want you to think about that for a moment. Now, I, I'm going to herald back to Mother's Day. If you go all the way back to Mother's Day, I, I, I do things on Mother's Day. I do things on birthdays, anniversaries. I, I generally think really big because what I want to do every year is wow Chris or my kids just a little bit more. And so the problem with that is, is, is that um, she hung around for more than um, three minutes. And so part of the problem is, is, is my language of love at times and it changes. I'll have you know that. But at times is to give gifts that wow you. Now, there's a little bit of narcissistic uh, 
junk in there where I want her to be wowed by me. And so I think if I give her the biggest gift, then she'll think that I'm awesome. And so I need to, to remember that what Mother Teresa's advice to me would be to like knock all that off. And so what I'm challenging you to do is to look through that lens of it's the little things, not these great big um, uh, things that, that, that kind of knock you off your feet instead of sweep you off your feet. And what I'm hoping to do with that is I'm hoping to uh, um, maybe even fix me just a little bit as we talk. And so I'm hesitant because I'm still not seeing Facebook Live going, and I'm thinking maybe I've done something wrong there. I don't know. Um, But Facebook Live isn't working. Sorry about that. For those of you I told that I would be back on Facebook Live, really not sure why it's not working. But we'll do the best that we can. We'll just kind of keep going. So, if we are to follow this advice that Mother Teresa gives us, okay, if we're to really take to heart that we are supposed to do the small things, some of you might ask, well, give us some ideas. Like, what are some of those small things that that you're talking about? What are some of those little steps that that a person can do? And and so, we're going to build a show around that. We're going to talk about some of the foundation uh, parts of it. And so, I'm going to begin with this notion that if we're going to work together and if we're going to remember that the small things build friendship, then what we need to do is we really need to get to know each other. Now, if it's you and I, you know, radio station uh, person, I almost called me uh, uh, the, the radio station talent, but there's probably very little of that. So, what I want to do is I want to pretend for a second that we're in a relationship or I want you to think of a person that you're in a relationship with or I might be able to think of, of me and, 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 and my lover over here and that we might be able to think about some of the ideas that we can do that are little tiny steps towards building a friendship because really this concept about love being enough is probably uh, false. It's probably not going to work. Because there's so many times that, that when you're moving through life together, that just that deep love is running and operating in the background, but the front ground is what we're doing, how we're behaving, how we hang with each other, what we don't do, what we do do. And there's a lot of little tiny things. So if love were enough, then, then every couple that fell in love would just be wildly happy. But there is a simple truth, a principle number one that I want to share is that being in love requires work. And, and when I say that, there's a whole group of people that says, well, if it's work, why do we do it? Why don't we just dodge in and out of relationships? And why don't we just like hang our hats on? Let's have little one night stands here and there. Let's not do this whole work thing because I work all day to, to generate a living. I work to get to church. I work to... Um, and get my kids healthy and make sure they go to school in the morning. That's work. I want a soft place to land, and that's called a relationship of love that you don't have to work for. Well, I, I want to tell you that there's a certain amount of preparation or work that has to go in to a lifelong, eternal relationship. There's a certain amount of prep work that needs to go into the beginning of your day. There's a certain amount of... Um, of, of work that needs to happen every week a couple of times that uh, it, it's about communication and about solving things together. 
And sometimes when you're at cross purposes, it can get painful even. Like couples fight. Did you know that? Couples have complaints about each other. Couples have disappointments in each other. And for those of you that are scared of complaining or scared of disappointment or scared of relationships can take a turn for the worse and and you can really um, either end it or really do some work to get back on track. And so there is works throughout the relationship that create that bowl. It creates like a a little, the metaphor I use in my mind is it creates a bowl in your heart or in your soul that you can go to and relax once created. But if there's no bowl there, no place in your heart or your soul for your lover, then there's no place for them to go relax, which probably means you haven't put enough into the other side of the equation on the other side of the street for you to have a a soft place to land. And so what we want to do is enough of these small, simple things that we can maintain a consistent pattern of love and someone that has your back, someone that's there for you and, and someone that is literally at your, um, at your fingertips that you might be able to, uh, jump in front of and say, I need a place. I need something. I need to talk. I need to relax. Uh, th- this weekend, I need to relax. I've had a long week, and it's been kind of a, I got to admit, it's been, it's been a rough week because it's, it's a lot of moving parts this week, and that's probably where I'll leave it. Just Have you ever had those weeks where there's about 10 moving parts, and you feel like you're just barely hanging on, keeping those 10 moving parts going? Well, when that happens for five or six days in a row, you might just need a day where you can just let all the plates drop and you can just relax with someone that puts no conditions on you but just um, lets you, uh, let you just relax and, and, and visit and, and maybe talk about some things that are just nonsensical and just take a day. And so what you want to do is have that person already prepared to be able to do that with you. If you look at it like any of your hobbies, like how many of you spend hours perfecting a skill or learning a language or you, let's say you want to, I've got a couple right now that um, wants to um, learn how to play pickleball. And I I talked about it a few times and they came in to uh, to a a talk with me a couple of days ago and they said, you know, well, we played pickleball for the first time. they just, they had a ball. They really enjoyed the pickleball. They enjoyed, they enjoyed uh, playing. They enjoyed the, uh, the whole uh, slow down, kind of relaxed. And they haven't seen some of the seniors play pickleball, obviously, but they felt like that they would be able to slow down and relax a little bit. And pickleball seemed to fit the, the bill for that. And so they went and now they want to put some time into it. They want to get a coach. They want to uh, spend a few hours twice a week playing the game. Uh, my wife and I, we decided to uh, build a pickleball court at our house because uh, we're heading into the senior game years. And so we would like to maybe even challenge some of those seniors to a game of pickleball. And so we want to be able to win, you know, so we build a pickleball court so that we can play every night. And, and so we don't, but we could if we wanted to. It's one of those, you have a home gym, how often do you go down into the gym? Well, the, the whole idea is that, that you will put some hours into perfecting a skill or a talent. To master a relationship requires hours and effort. See, so many people think that the effort ends 
at I do. Okay, we're married and now the effort can end because mission accomplished. Or there's people out there that as soon as physical intimacy happens, then they, they feel like, okay, we're, we're there. We've, we've achieved success and so that's all we need. And, and they stop putting effort into it. They stop putting the time and the attention into the relationship. And so one of the things that we will cover today is an idea that a research scientist calls love mapping. And so if you, if you want to use that as a metaphor, this idea of love maps, it's, it's a creation in your head that is going to become part of your daily functioning if you really plug it in. So uh, back in the, the old days of psychology, they did tons of research on, on, on why we know things. And so if, if you could um, just um, look around you and if you're in your house, look at and if you're in your car driving, I want you to just imagine this, okay? I want you to just imagine this. I'm going to give you a little test right now. Let's say you see something with a, a spot or a seat that's flat that you could sit on and it's cushiony and you've got a, a back on it that goes perpendicular to it that you can set your back against. And so your butt can sit flat and your back can sit back against something. And then you've got four legs that carry the, the, that uh, butt rest and back rest to the ground so that you are at just the right height that you can, you know, just kind of sit there and your legs will uh, hang over the edge of it and feet will be firmly planted on the floor and you can just relax. What is that called? Yeah, a whole bunch of you said a chair. And then picture in your mind if you take the backrest off but you leave the butt place on and you take one leg off, now it's got three legs and a place to sit. What do you call that? Yeah, yeah all of you said stool. How did you know it was a chair and a stool? Yeah, you've got it. So years and years ago, decades ago for some of you, you learned what a chair and a stool was once. And then from then on, you knew what a chair was. You knew you'd sit in the chair and you knew you could balance on a stool and you, you could just, you just move through life and you know it. What you've done is literally you've created a cognitive map to tell you what something is so that you don't have to relearn it every time. Do you ever watch 50 First Dates where every morning she woke up with a blank slate and had to relearn everything well, that's what you don't want. You, you want to build these cognitive maps. And so part of being a master in relationships is to build a cognitive map that literally propels you into loving, kind, intimate behavior with your lover. And so one of the first things that you need to decide right now is if you want to make your relationships a little bit better if you want a little bit more juicy love, if you want a little bit more um, um, entertainment, if you want a little bit more companionship, connection, if you want a little bit more passion, if you want a little bit more friendship, intimacy, whatever you want a little bit more of simply means you get to know them a little bit better so that you understand what to do with them a little bit longer. And so it's the effort that we're talking about. And so if we're talking about connection, see, some of, some of the people that I talk with have these incredible love maps that are taking them quickly towards being a bachelor or a bachelorette. But let's say that I, I get married and, and I say I do and I'm, I'm feeling like, okay, got a, I've got a wife. I can throw some kids out and I don't throw some kids out. I didn't mean to say it like that. I can, I can uh, make a family with her. We can have the little white picket fence. And I really like softball. And so I'm going to sign up for like 25 softball leagues. 
and I'm going to go play softball every night. But I'm going to play only from like six o'clock right after work until about midnight. I'll be home to sleep, and I'm hoping there's a little leftover dinner I can maybe microwave, or maybe she'll be up and microwave it, or maybe she'll come to the baseball fields and feed me corn dogs in the dugout. That'd be intimate. And so this person, I head down the road and, and, I'm, and I'm playing baseball. I'm getting better and better at baseball. And I'm, I'm in the leagues. I'm, in, I'm being invited to the mesquite leagues. And, and pretty soon I'm going to be a traveling uh, baseball, softball player. <laughs> I don't know if there's such a thing as a baseball, softball player. But the whole idea is, is that I'm heading towards the Cubs and I want to play professionally. And I'm going to move to, to uh, wherever the, the, the Cubs are. I think maybe they're in Florida. And I think they play with a little round ball thing. And so the idea is, is that I'm putting time and effort into that because I've finished the relationship mastering. I've, I'm married now. How long is that marriage going to last? So I want you to, all of you jumped right to, well, not very long at all because it's, you're not putting any attention or effort into it. So now I want you to take my situation, which never happened, I just made that up, and look at your marriage, look at your partners, look at your lovers, look at the people that you spend time with that you want to get a little bit better with, is it time starved? If there's any part of it that's time starved, you need to address that. You need to, you need to take a moment and, and, and just figure out a way to fix it. Now, there's a whole bunch of you out there right now that's thinking, okay, I'll get up a little earlier and I'll shove this that I'm doing into the five o'clock hour and I'll go to sleep a little bit later so I'll shove this into the midnight hour and so now it's from 1am till 4am that I can sleep and then I can get everything done see that's not going to help your relationship what's going to help your relationships is if they know if your lover knows that you're willing to sacrifice something you're currently doing for him or her does that make sense so if I'm ooh I hope I hope Chris isn't listening right now. I hope she's just kind of like daydreaming, doing something completely else. If I'm working 14 hours a day and I all of a sudden cut six hours out of my workday and give them to my relationship, that's going to mean something. It's going to mean a whole bunch more than if I sit with her and say, look, how about from nine at night till three in the morning, we stay awake and we hang out and then I can get all my work done. I can get all my, all my other stuff in. See, that's not nearly as connecting and intimate as sacrificing for the greater good of the relationship. And so part of being a master of relationship is to put effort in, determine what sacrifice is needed so that you can literally take through that little simple steps and build the time into the relationship to put in the effort to build the connection. So when I talk about work, sometimes that's work. Sometimes you have to really decide what's more important. Is a little more money important? Is saving a little bit more um, um, income important? Is putting money in the bank with time with your spouse important? So what are you willing to give, take, and sacrifice? Now, some of you are out there saying, well, what about why can't the other person sacrifice? Why can't they stay up from nine until three in the morning? Well, maybe they can. Maybe that's totally okay, but see, that's couple-driven. The two of you need to decide what is sacrifice. And if I work my side of the street, I'm going to decide what I can sacrifice. If she works her side of the street, she'll determine what she can sacrifice. And then between the two of us, we're going to have a really nifty time building that masterful, passionate, juicy relationship that we crave. 
So there's the very first thing, the, the, the first two principles we've covered. If you think through this lens of, of um, it's the little things that are going to matter. And then the second thing is, is relationships take effort. You have to build those cognitive maps. You have to build those things that, that, that are going to add the juice and the passion to the relationship. And you also have to, and I'm saying have to a lot, you don't have to do any of this. I guess you can, you can be a bachelor. You can, you can have a mediocre relationship. Uh, there's people out there that would take the relationship they had and trade it for mediocre and be happy. But I'm thinking that what I'm talking to for reals is people that um, do not want mediocre, that do not want unhappy, violent, or any of the crummy relationships. They want juicy, passionate, loving, intense relationship with lots of deep connection. So if that's what you want, there's going to be effort, even work, and there's going to be time and attention. And some of that is going to be building these cognitive maps. And so here's the, 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 <clears throat> the step I was headed to. I'm going to get a drink real quick and then we're going to come right back. Just really quickly by way of introduction here at the bottom of the hour, this is Dr. Matt Eschler with a Southern Utah Counseling Experience and St. George Center for Couples and Families. We have merged to create one awesome company. <clears throat> what we're doing is um, giving a, a free public service to the community with this radio show and other things that I'll get into at other times. Uh, what we want to do is just uh, give a shot in the arm to the couples and families out there. Today is a couples show working on building a juicy, passionate relationship. And really, some of these points can translate into friendship. You just leave out with boundaries. You, know, you leave friends where friends belong and lovers where lovers belong. And so when you're building these relationships, we teach that we have to put time and effort into them. So... I'm headed into a place called Love Maps. Remember we introduced that just a little bit ago to build these Love Maps? And um, when we have a cognitive map, what it is is it's a thing in our, in our head that we look at a chair and we know it's a chair. We learned that it was a chair at about three years old. We learn uh, what to do with it even earlier than three, but by three we can probably say chair and, and all of that. I don't know what age we can say, but you know what I'm talking about. And so you never change your opinion on that. It's a chair. Now, the reason I want to talk about love maps slightly different than cognitive maps is love maps will change. It won't always be a chair. See, when we were dating in junior high, Chris would enjoy when I was a little bit sneaky and a little bit of a con artist. I mean, she thought it was funny, I'm sure. And when I would tell her a story, it would be like a story and, and she got a kick out of it and she'd laugh and I'd feel valid. But see, once you're together 30 years, you don't want to live with a con artist. And so she wants more transparency. She wants more, let's just um, really be wide open and be vulnerable with each other. And, and so that's where the work comes in. See, so the love map changed over the years. And so what I want to challenge you to do is to really understand that you, you must, for a juicy, passionate relationship, build a love map with your spouse and then update it frequently. And so we'll talk about the two, pa the two pathways or two trajectories for that. So if you're willing to do anything, even the, the, even the most maybe a vulnerable feeling or difficult things, 
you have to um, project out a little ways and and make a, a determined, conscious decision that you're going to go after your spouse. You're going to go after the, her or him uh, by getting to know them. And if you really will, if you really would, if you really will, uh, put yourself in a position of, I know who my lover is today, but I want to keep updated. I want to keep, um, I want to keep this thing moving forward. So I need to check in periodically to see if they still are the person that they were, to see what's matured, what's changed. Um, I'm winding down in the career field. And so part of the winding down is I've, I'm taking a new look at uh, vacations. At the first of our marriage, every vacation was a work vacation. I would work part of the day, try to earn enough money to pay for the vacation while on the vacation, and then take a few hours off in the evening. And that was okay. But if I do that now, it wouldn't be okay for, for me or her. And so this idea that... Um, a cognitive map is stagnant and it's a chair is always a chair. Well, your, your lover is not always going to remain the same. They're going to grow up. They're going to grow, uh, they're, they're going to grow in different directions. And so you work together to stay on the same path so that you don't grow apart because it's really easy to grow apart in this area. So if we look at a love map as a, a, a way to create in your head a map of your partner's inner world, you're not working her side of the street, but you are getting to know what's on her side of the street. What are the storefronts? What does the sidewalk look like? Where are the cracks and crevices and where's the, the work need to be done and where are the smooth places where everything's pretty good? So you want to look over across the street. You don't want to blame it for anything. You don't want to get caught up in judgment, but simply put, you, you want to know what their dreams are. What is, your, what is your partner's hopes, dreams? What are their fears? See, when I was like young, I was afraid of the dark. I was like terrified of the dark. And, and one of my sisters still treats me like I'm scared of the dark. Oh, do you want me to walk with you home? I'm going, no, I'm, it's, I'm not scared of the dark anymore. I'm like 50 million years old. And so if we don't keep track of even the fears, the hopes, the dreams, the likes and the dislikes, we might just grow to where we're like doing stuff that our, our lover just doesn't give us any positive credit for because it's no longer a need or a wish or a desire. Does that make sense? And so this idea that um, everything's going to remain the same from the wedding night forward is, is a goofy dream. So, so give that up and understand that it's like Google Maps. All of you are wondering, how in the world is it like Google Maps? Well, have you ever done Google Maps in Salt Lake? Really, have you ever done it in St. George? But the idea of Google Maps is, is it's a GPS system that helps you navigate there in Salt Lake. Or we've used it in Houston a couple of times. We've used it in California a couple of times. And the idea is, is that it works pretty darn good. But what we know is that these cities are constantly under construction. There's like road construction going on. There's roads that change. And it's inevitable that we hit a dead end that all of a sudden has a big detour because Google Maps doesn't know that it's been changed, that the, the route's changed. And so you might, you might all of a sudden realize that, wow, I needed a whole different road. So you have to like figure that out. Or maybe a restaurant's been torn down since you were a child and you get to that street corner, Google Maps gets you there perfectly, but the, uh, the, the restaurant's gone and there's like a, uh, a, a, a GMAC real estate office there now. 
And so the GPS system has to be updated properly all the time. And Google's pretty good at doing that, I I suppose. So you need to be just as good at updating and reconfiguring your love maps of your partners. And if you continue to do that, you can maintain a connection. And so one of the things with love maps, this is principle number four that we've talked about, is a constant, never-ending change. Okay? Constant, never-ending change. And if you really look at your at the people that you love, if you really look at your spouse as a person that is constantly and will never end the change process, then you know how important it is to keep up. How many of you have like a, a, a 27 on your little app on your iPhone or your Droid? What that means is there's 27 apps that need to be updated and they need to be updated frequently. Well, that's just like your, your marriage, just like your relationship with your lover. It's got to be constantly upgraded constantly updated and in and in that vein you will know your partner and you will know and change and grow with your partner instead of apart a lot of times i have people ask well how do you build these things in the first place you know it's it's not just a list of facts like i could list off my wife's this tall she's this heavy you never say it like that she weighs this much she's not heavy at all you don't really care about those things you care but it's not that big a deal I would suggest you get a dress size, a shoe size, because you might want to get a dress or a shoes for uh, for a, a Mother's Day present. Uh, and I got to say, I am a genius at buying dresses. I'm a genius at buying clothing uh, for for people, for my wife. And so the idea is, is just at least know some sizes. But really, that stuff's not um, love map stuff. It's a tiny portion of maybe gift buying. But when I talk about love maps, I want to talk about the meaty stuff, the stuff that, that really... Um, gets you to have a deep understanding of who they are now today. But what are their deepest hopes? What I want you to do is I want you to, to, uh, to go up to your lover or your spouse, your, your best friend, whomever you're, you're thinking about, and I want you to just ask them, what is a couple of your hopes and dreams? You know, what are some things that you really hope for? What are the things that you really kind of dream about when you can just kind of daydream and think about what you'd really love? What would really drive some peace and some, some, um, some, some happiness, joy? And by the way, a lot of times people say that, um, that they want a lot of money. A lot of times people say that they uh, just need some good, healthy adrenaline. And, and those things are true. Those are, it's nice. It's nice to have money and adrenaline. But when you ask people, what is the feeling that they're really chasing? In many cases, it's peace, joy. Those are two that come up all the time. So what are some of your hopes and dreams? Have you asked yet? If they're sitting in the car with you, just look over and say, hey, what are, give me two of your hopes and dreams, things that you've really kind of fantasized about in the last little bit. What are some of the likes and dislikes? Do you know what your partner's likes and dislikes are? Like, are you pretty clear uh, what they like? What are some of the things that they really get a kick out of when you do with them or for them? And what kind of irritates them? Are you clear on that? Has it changed over the years? Like, Chris used to really, really like it when I slapped her on the butt. And now it's like, yeah, would you quit doing that in front of the kids at church? And, and maybe I even found out that she never really liked it at all. I just missed the fact that she was telling me that. So staying updated and staying connected requires you to know their hopes and dreams, likes and dislikes. 
some of these facts would be really important. And so I'm going to give you just a really short list of things that I'd like you to know about your spouse. Those of you that are dating, that you, I'd like you to know about your lover, your fiance, your, sta- your spouse. I want you to know who their best friends are. How cool would it be if you knew the best friend of your wife so that you could say, hey, how's Yvonne doing? How's Lola doing? What's going on in their life? Are you, uh, are you and her doing anything uh, lately? Have you grabbed lunch with her lately? Knowing your partner's best friends gives you some insight into how to serve, how to help. Like what if, what if I came home and I said, you know, I haven't saw Ward or Dave or, 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 or any of these guys or Mike in quite a while. And it's just kind of feel like I miss them just a little bit. I wonder what they're up to. And what if, if Chris looked at me and said, well, hey, next Thursday, there's going to be three or four hours where I'm going to be busy with some stuff. Why don't you go look them up and, and go hang out with them? See, that's a support. That's a support in me getting together with my friends in a way that's not in, going to affect negatively our relationship in any way. And that's what we're talking about growing together because then I appreciate that. She likes the fact that I waited until that Thursday when she was already busy. And, and so we both like really came to this perfect little solution. How about, do you know what stresses your partner out? What are some of the stressors that they are currently facing right now? You know, they're going to be different than they were last week or 10 years ago. Are some of the stressors now completely different than a decade ago? See, a decade ago, we were worried about teenage kids. Now we're even more worried about adult kids. <laughs> All our kids have grown and gone. And by the way, the fantasy that, uh, that your adult kids kind of like get to a place where they don't need you anymore well, the problem is, is they don't think they need you anymore, but you see them doing stuff that you know they desperately need you and you can't take their car and cell phone away anymore. So you just kind of watch the train wreck and, and sometimes even just from a distance. And, and, and then I guess the bright side of that is, is you watch all the wonderful stuff too. So it, it all works out in the end. But the idea behind these love maps is know with your lover what is the stuff that's stressing him or her out. Here's another one that I think people get. Um, there's some shock value if you don't know this one because what if it's changed? What is your partner's core philosophy? You know, how do they look at life? What is the purpose of life? What if you're both cruising along and let's say you're, you're, you're both strong Catholic and you just, you just enjoy going to mass together. You hit it at, at some key times in your life and you, you just it's something that you do together. And somewhere along the way, what if your partner decided, I don't want to do that anymore. I've got other ideas about the purpose of this life. And what if they want to go camping instead of mass? What if it's now, I just want to get out in the hills and, and hike. And what if you want to do that too, but you also want to go to mass, but they've changed their mind about spirituality. And what if you don't talk enough that you missed that? Like what happens if... Um, what happens if you now are alone and feeling very lonely because their purpose and their basic um, core philosophy of life and the meaning of life is on such a foreign track that you don't believe you can buy in? See, a lot of times if we don't keep these updated, these love maps updated, we might miss a corner. We might miss a place where they turned and we, we kept going straight. And next thing you know, we're like a ways apart. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about 
really having a, a deeper understanding of hopes, dreams, likes, dislikes? What are some of the stressors? What is uh, my partner's purpose in life? Um, sometimes I am asked, how often do you update this love map? So I think there's three really key meetings and I'm just going to toss this out there. You can do it any way you want, but this is a, a way to do it. And, and I've got to say that there's times where I get busy and I forget to do all of these three things or sometimes I forget to do half of them. And I just want to say that whenever I do, whenever I don't do these things, there becomes some distance. Our, our relationships become a little less effective, a little less connected. But one, one of the meetings a week ought to be a family night where uh, you as a couple, and if you have kids, you and a couple is, and kids meet together and, and, and have a little activity, have a little training and teaching and have a little counsel with each other and just see where everybody's at. So that's one meeting. That could take three hours, three, four hours. And, and, and so really it ought to be an evening, like a whole evening. And during that meeting, you ought to put all of the electronics in a drawer and, and lock the drawer. Dad's too, everybody's. And that way we're all together. We're not bringing the world in through text and through um, Snapchat and Instagram and what have you. Uh, but we are literally together. And, and during that meeting, there is some instruction from the parents that are the leaders of the family. But there's also a time to counsel where you counsel with each other and your, your kids can give you some thoughts and some counsel and some things that they notice. And if you're humble, you'll learn. You'll learn from your kids. Uh, it's an excellent meeting. It's an excellent time of the day to, uh, to gain deeper insight as to the things that are stressing your kids out, stressing your lover out. And you can share what's stressing you out and everyone can really pull together as a team, a family team, a tribe that is going to work forward together in a really healthy way. The next meeting I'd suggest is, is with your spouse, a date night. And, and a lot of people know they should do a date night, but they just don't. And there really ought to be a, a, a good chunk of time, five, six hours, where you go out, maybe grab some dinner, go on a little hike, sit in a park and talk, throw a football with each other, whatever you do. But spend some time connecting, talking. This is a time for courtship, a, kind, a time to share some of your hopes and dreams with each other. On date night, don't work on problems. Work on fun stuff. Work on hopes, dreams, likes, dislikes. Really enjoy getting to know each other, bond and connect. Remember when you were dating before you caught him and said, I do. It was all about, I want you to get to know me and I really want to get to know you. It was all about that. So I'd suggest you do the same thing throughout your marriage. And, and again, I, I know this is counterintuitive to our day. My generation is the generation that parents went on dates and we couldn't get a hold of them. Like, you're not going to call the theater and say, could you get my dad because my little brother's hitting me on the head with a, a Lego. No, you just dealt with it. The babysitter just had to, to man up and deal with stuff. So put your phones in the glove box and go hang out with each other. I'm terrible at that one because I always have an excuse. But the idea is, is that it would be better to just be with each other, to totally join around that, that date night. And then the final one is couples counsel. So couples counsel is a time where you do solve problems. You bring to that meeting, two, three-hour meeting, once a week, and you bring the stuff of your love map that is broken, and you mend it together. You talk about what's not working with your hopes and dreams. What is killing your dreams? What's sucking your dreams up? 
what is the things that are, are really um, needing to change and what are some things that need to be looked at differently? So the two Ps, procedure and perception. You either change together how you're looking at something or change together your procedure for doing things. And during that meeting, it's a really just an incredible time to build intimacy because you learn that you can negotiate with each other. If you stay on your side of the street and really just talk about what you're willing to change to enhance the marriage, and once a problem's presented, then the other person can be on their side of the street and suggest, well, I can make this change to make it better. So, so imagine if you're, if you're building something together and, and I suggest, here's a talent of mine and I'll participate. And then the other person says, well, here's a challenge of, of, uh, that we're facing and here's one of my skills and I'll participate. And that goes much better than saying, well, why don't you have this skill? I need you to do this skill to fix us. See, if you tell someone to just figure it out and fix the relationship, it doesn't work near as much as both of you saying, I have this skill, let me participate in making the marriage better. See, if you work your side of the street and bring your skills to the table, then you can talk about that much better. And there's not going to be defensiveness or yelling or, or bouncing off the walls and throwing things at each other. So remember, the purpose of this is to, to not blame each other, but to come together and counsel about what we don't know and what we need to do and then bring our skill set in to do repairs. And so if, you, if, you, if that makes sense, then you, um, you do that weekly and then you can keep your love map up to date. I want you to take just a moment and think about that. How up to date is your love map? How well do you know your, your partner, your spouse, your lover? What kind of questions do you have? Maybe make a short list. And when you talk with each other, do you find yourself a little bit surprised? Do you find yourself, wow, I didn't know that. If you did, then you, you got to meet together a little more often, okay? So, so the purpose of these love maps is to really have a deep understanding of each other. The purpose of these love maps is to reestablish connection where maybe connection is waning, the purpose of these love maps is to head out to work and, and go your different directions in the morning knowing that you're going to touch base throughout the day and share little intimate moments with each other. Now, we've talked about technology being a little bit uh, messy in relationships and we've called it technoference, you know, where you're literally interfered or there's some technoference with, the, uh, with the cell phones on date nights and such like that. Like that, but there is some real positives. There is some real positives with uh, with what's going on with technology. For example, you can check in during the day with a text message. You can show interest in each other's daily activities. Um, you can send small, like, and make them meaningful messages. Like, like if you if you literally check in and express what's going on in your world and what you're going to be doing next. And if you both do that, you can literally keep up with each other through the day. And I don't think you have to do that every two minutes, but maybe just kind of a, create an algorithm of two, three times a day, just, just letting your, your lover know what's going on and, and um, be a little bit specific about uh, what's coming up so you can find little places to intersect. You can like be at a crossroads. Like it wasn't too many uh, days ago that I was at the Apple store and, and Chris drove right by the Apple store and had no idea I was in there. And I had no idea really. I kind of knew a little bit about what was going on, but, but we could have said hi. We could have had just a real quick moment of like catch up and what you're doing face to face. And it would have been 
30 seconds to a minute and a half. But because we didn't check in well enough, we had no idea. And so take some time and connect with each other. How about um, share an interesting thing that just happened to you? You know, whatever you think the other would appreciate, like send a little, a little funny gesture, a little funny note about something that happened. Um, maybe at a lunch break, jump on uh, Skype or Zoom or one of the video chat platforms and face-to-face chat with each other. If you see a joke or an article that's uh, caught your eye that's funny that you think uh, they would think is funny, send it. See, there's things you can do with technology to build and enhance your love maps, build and enhance your, uh, your um, connection. But don't let it take over to where you're always with someone else, not each other. Okay? So that's, that's really the, uh, the show today. I want you to really look at these uh, love maps like the uh, cognitive maps for lovers or masters of relationship. I want you to look at them like uh, if you will just build a love map, where you know your partner, you know your lover, and then you keep it updated throughout a lifetime, you can have an eternity of juicy marital bliss. And uh, just tossing that out there, I think most of you want that. This is Dr. Matt Eschler. Uh, Way happy, happy to be here. Happy that we were able to have this show and this time together. And uh, I'm going to um, be back again next Friday. We're going to talk again about uh, some of these similar things. We'll either have a show on couples, marriages, families, and it's going to be week after week, and we enjoy it. We enjoy seeing you, and we will uh, see you next week. This is Dr. Matt Eschler with a Southern Utah Counseling Experience and St. George Center for Families uh, signing off, and um, we will see you next time.